Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. G'day, Phil Tarrant here, editor of Smart Property Investment. Thanks for tuning in. We're evolving things a little bit at SPI, but some great success with our uh, podcast, the Smart Property Investment Show, where we share a lot of the stories, trials and tribulations and challenges that, that Aussie property investors face, and uh, it's been highly popular. We're always open to feedback, and one of the key things that we've found from our listeners, and, and there is literally thousands of you guys out there now tuning into the show was uh, you wanted some more concrete strategies, actual concrete strategies to help navigate uh, through the whole buying process. So understanding property first and foremost, but then as you go down that journey all the way through to buying property ownership management and finally into the sale of it so you can uh, live a nice life, hopefully sitting on the beach and uh, and having a good retirement. So what we've done, we've joined forces with a, a good friend of the show, the guys over at Right Property Group, to create a new education series. So what this is going to be is a, a new monthly series that we're going to put together. And we're going to look at the hard issues property investors can face. And we're going to get a lot of connectivity and longevity with this. So the guys at Right Property Group, so Steve Waters and Victor Kumar, are going to come to the studio each time. And we're going to go through a lot of the key points that are required to successfully invest in property. It's going to get quite heavy sometimes. We're going to try and keep it upbeat where we can, but we're actually going to give a lot of the hardcore facts, knowledge and strategy to make this happen. And these two guys who come to the studio to partner Smart Property Investment on this uh, are absolute guns at this. And uh, I trust them with my own money. I'm a, I'm a client of those and uh, they're myself and uh, I chose them as my buyer's agent some five years ago to help me down this journey. And uh, I feel very fortunate over the last five years to have uh, two very good mentors who have uh, not only evolved my own thinking around property, but also made me quite a lot of money. So I have a lot of confidence partnering with these guys to create something like this. And uh, I hope you can join us over this period as we, we embark down this path to really get this hardcore information that you need to be able to invest in property successfully. So uh, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. G'day mate, how are you going? We've chunked down a whole bunch of, I guess sort of the, the roadmap for property investment, have we? And we tried to work out how we can best structure this education series so people can get motivated and inspired when they listen to it, but they can go back to it at a point in time and it's still as relevant as what it was at that point in time. So we've got a number of topics that we're going to cover over the period ahead, but today's topic and we thought this would be a really good way to start with because for a lot of property investors, getting started is a problem. For a lot of property investors, getting off the property investment ladder is, is also a bit of a problem as well. So what we've done for our first topic, topic number one, we're going to do the 11 things successful property investors don't do. And the important point there is what they don't do. What you don't do at the start of your property investment career or, or, or journey compared to what you don't do at the backside of it are two very different things, but there's a lot of commonality and similarities between them. So... Guys, you, you, you come up with this as a first topic, Victor. Why is it this one do you think is the the right topic for this education series for us to kick off with? Well, Phil, over our investing careers, uh, we've come across a lot of would-be investors and a lot of successful investors. And what differentiates between a um, successful investor and an investor that's sort of dabbling in property is the fact that they have a clear set of rules. And the main rule is things that they do differently. Uh, so one of the key things that most people have uh, when they're starting to invest is, um, you know, what if things go wrong or, uh, you know, the market's too unstable at the moment or even going down the path of speculation. What it really needs is just clear thought process so that if the market is unstable uh, in, in real terms, so take the GFC as an example, it's just a matter of readjusting the strategy to suit the market. So what we've come to, to the table with is, um, you know, the key things that most property investors that are successful don't do as opposed to the ones that aren't as successful or are just starting out 
that tend to make those mistakes. Okay, so, so let's let's just concentrate on the word successful for the moment. So, what, what is success in property investing from from your 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 position, Victor? Look, it, it comes back to what you really want to achieve out of property. It's not the number of properties. It's not you know what the value of your portfolio is, but what the property is going to give you as an end goal. And that's what success is defined as. It, 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 in my success would be different to someone else's based on their portfolio and their goals. Okay. And Steve, you got the same position on what success oh, is? Look, very, very much so. Everyone's mm. got their own opinion of what their own degree of success is. Uh, you know, for me, it'd be something just as, as easy as choice. You know, property gives me a choice at the end of the day. Um, whereas for some, it might be cash flow. It might be equity or net wealth, or it might be passive income, which is a whole other subject. Mm, interesting. So, so our first point here for the 11 things successful property investors don't do is that they don't concern themselves that the markets are unpredictable, which you just touched on, Victor. And, you know, we, 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 we talk about this a lot, the three of us together. You know, you concentrate on the things that you, you can control and don't concern yourself too much with the stuff that you can't that's control. Exactly and that, that's right. what this yeah. is about, yeah. right? That's right, yeah. The sleep at night factor, pretty the much. The sleep at night yeah. factor. Some things are easy to control in terms of wealth creation, but what markets are going to do, what interest rates are going to do, um, what global economic factors are going to happen, what storms might hit you or, or what, what damage might happen to your house. A lot of those things you can't actually control. That's right. So, so how do you, as a property investor, how do you sort of go, I'm not going to worry about that stuff anymore? How, do, how does that happen? You've hit the nail on the head. You've got to control what you can control. Mm. Uh, and you've got to have your buffers and your risk mitigation in place to give you that sleep at night, uh, as we often talk about. But I think understanding what is unpredictable is the key here. So we know that markets will go up, down, sideways. There's never that level trajectory of upwards or downwards growth or whatever it may be. And knowing that there's several markets or real estate markets. So when a commentator talks about the real estate market is flat or it's up or it's down, what market are they actually talking about? Are they talking about commercial, industrial, residential? Uh, so being able to define your own market and, and where it is at that point in time is very, very careful. Now, we all know that real estate isn't constant growth. There's going to be ups, downs, and there's also going to be periods of where there's where there's no growth. I think if you just look and stick to the basic fundamentals, being that you know the old slogan, everybody needs a roof over their head, it's actually quite true. So knowing that and buying in the areas that the population is growing, where the fundamentals are there, such as the infrastructure jobs, money will take you a long way, rather than worrying about what the price of oil is in, in the Middle East and you know the price of bananas. I don't think that's really gonna have any effect on your house price at the end of the day. Yeah, I suppose um, uh, to add to that, Steve, um, one of the things that uh, successful property investors don't do is not start without a strategy in place that actually suits the market. So, you know, it, it could be that in a flat market, you'd be taking on a strategy of, um, you know, doing renovations, so you're adding value to the property. And um, in, in a high interest uh, rate market, you'd be looking at properties that have higher yields or you, where you can add a secondary dwelling to it to, um, to help uh, hold on to the property. So, you know, a good property investor would start with those strategies in mind first rather than just jumping in feet first and trying to find the way through the maze. Now, having said all that, though, yeah, there are some fundamentals which you do have to concern yourself with, and that is the price of money and what it's what's it what's it going to do? Is it going to go up or down? I'm talking about interest rates, of course. And there are some pretty good economic fundamentals that you can keep an eye on that'll give you a fair indication of what the price of money is going to be. Because at the end of the day, that's your biggest cost. So you do need to concern yourself about that rather mm. than just sort of let everything go to the wind. Okay, second point successful property investors don't do. They don't accept things as true without questioning. Yeah, this is, a, this is a big one. Often people go into a, a purchasing scenario with their eyes wide shut. So the slick marketing company, the slick 
salesperson, you know, the glossy numbers, whatever it may be, or the promises of you know, immediate wealth can often feed the greed, as we call it, to the unsuspecting purchaser. And we, we see it all the time. So what successful people do is they actually question the validity of the numbers, whether it be the growth, the cash flow, whatever it may be. And then, of course, they do their own due diligence. And this is probably the biggest thing that people don't do enough of, and that's actually their own due diligence. They figure that because they're paying a professional or the advice is coming from a professional, that it's actually, it's true. At the end of the day, often a good salesman will tell you what you want to hear. And there's a big difference between a salesman and an advisor. That's right. And it's not hard to check those facts as well. I mean, we've got Dr. Google around these days uh, that, that can diagnose all sorts of problems. Uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of jumping online and, and all, of course, sorting out what's true and what's not on the net as well. Uh, you just can't do your research on the net. You need to actually have a trusted person on the ground or actually be on the ground yourself so that you're actually correlating the data you've got on the net with the ground truth as well. So what you're saying is that not all property advisors are created equal. Got to see what the bias is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so point number three that successful property investors don't do, they don't think success will come quickly or easily. So we chat a lot about this on, on uh, smartfrontinvestment.com.au. Property is not get rich quick unless you're doing something which is absolutely so risky that you might lose the, the farm, That's so to right. speak. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and my overnight success, I'll be honest, is 20 years in the making. Yeah, so yeah, you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success in, in real estate. But yeah, fortunately, the market over the last, if we talk about Sydney or Melbourne in particular, the market over the last five years has been very, very buoyant. So what we've seen is a lot of overnight success. And overnight success is probably five years, to be fair. Whereas essentially you could have thrown a, a dart at the map and yeah, bought anything in throughout Sydney or, or Melbourne and made a hell of a lot of money and almost gone towards doubling the value of the purchase. So people are going to be, well, the smart investor and the sophisticated investor, for want of a better term, they know that this is a once in a cycle upswing and they won't go above and beyond and take advantage of perhaps bigger prices in terms of leverage, which we'll get to a little bit later on, so that at least they have some real equity left in their portfolio once the market does settle down and I, and I use the word settle down and I think it's going to go backwards to you know, a rate of knots as the GFC might dictate it to us. But we know that it takes time to build, a, to, to build your education, to build your knowledge, to build your network and of course then to create that base portfolio and, and let it or nurture it and let it grow to a period where you can then take advantage of it. It's very easy to then lose that base as well when you start speculating off the back of a few good wins. Well, the problem is people will speculate yeah, that's right. because they've had such good wins off their speculation <laughs> in today's market. Yeah. But, you know, that'll, that'll unwind. I speak to a lot of investors like you guys do and, you know, people, particularly in today's sort of environment, people want success immediately, right? And if it's not working straight away, people start questioning what's wrong. But Property takes a little while, doesn't it? And we'll, we'll get into that, you know, the, the long-term play in property, but you know, don't expect everything to happen immediately. Well, where, where was that, that property out in central Queensland, the Pilbara or something like that, where they paid over a million dollars for it and they couldn't sell it? You know, during the mining burn, they paid, paid a million dollars for it. And up until the last six months, they could, still couldn't sell it. They ran it to auction twice. Well, I just read in the paper on the weekend that it sold, I think, was for two hundred and five or $305,000. That's to a, a good negative investment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speculation yeah. wins every time. That's right. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so so the next point that uh, successful property investors don't do, they don't wait for the right time to take action. Victor? 
Look, I, I agree. You know, I, when I when I talk to a lot of um, um, potential investors, they they waiting until the election's over, or they're waiting until uh, the market slows down. The reality is, it's it's more uh, so long as you address the fundamentals. Obviously, it's more time in the market than trying to time the market itself, because they're they're forces that we can't control. So, so long as we you know uh, address the fundamentals and invest in property for the long term, it will work out. And obviously, it needs to be in line with your own financials, whether you can hold on to that property or whether your strategy is to sell down at some point in time uh, when the market's right. Yeah, I think by not, you know, the old, you know, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow, tomorrow mm. will be a better day is probably the killer for most of us. But, or procrastination and, and look, you know, those that know me probably know I'm probably one of the biggest procrastinators out there for things that are out of my control or that I don't understand. So I think as you educate yourself, waiting for that right time kind of goes to the goes to the side because you want to take action because you have a clear understanding of what the market's doing and what it will do. But I don't think, as you say, I don't think there's ever a, ever a right time. As long as the fundamentals are addressed though, at the end of the day. I always say with investors, they go, oh, Phil, when, when should I buy a property? And I always go, it's always the right time to buy a property. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you know why you're buying property, where you're buying property, how you're buying property, whether it fits in with your, your strategy that you spoke about earlier, Victor. But so many people sit around, and you guys must see them all the time, where they've been thinking about buying for five years and mm -hmm. they've never actually go and do it. They'll always find a reason not to, and you know. And at the end of the day, that's that's it's not a bad thing. Yeah, you know, mm. if it's just not in you to go out and commit to to property or any form of investment, then so be it. If it's not going to let you sleep at night, don't do it. Next point: what successful property investors don't do, and I am a massive advocate of this. They don't try and do it all on their own. I'm pro-advice. I, I, I have a, a really good team of people around me to help me invest in property. My mortgage broker, my accountant, and you guys as, as my buyer's agent. There are so many people out there that can help you be successful at property investment. And how do you guys find it when you go down the education process? So someone starts talking to you guys about getting some assistance as a buyer's agent to invest in property. Have they made that decision then that they need help? Or what, what sort of ways do you influence them to think outside of trying to do everything themselves? It's um, a twofold. You know, for those that come in referred, of course, they've seen the success of someone else. But for someone that, that's trying to get started in property, one of the biggest thing I advocate, and, and this is with our clients as well, is to continually uh, educate themselves, to surround themselves with right-minded people, like-minded people. And and for that, uh, we, we've been running a, um, you know education event at, uh, at New South, in New South Wales for the last seven odd years. And what I've found is that the clients that constantly and continually come to these, even though they have massive portfolios already, are powering ahead. The clients that don't make that effort, whether to get the DVDs or to to actually come to the event itself, they are a lot slower in in making their portfolio a progress purely because the mindset isn't there yeah, in that sense. So uh, apart from getting the right people, you also need to get the right education around you so that you, you know, you, you you filter out all of those negative comments that you see with your so-called advisors as as soon as you start investing, because you know everyone around you then becomes a property expert all of a sudden and tells you where not to buy and where to buy and how their uncles lost heaps of money because they bought in this particular area that you're looking at. And it runs a lot deeper than that as well, other than advice. So we're talking about brokers or mortgage brokers as opposed to going over the counter at one of the one of the banks. Talking about property managers, you know, we see a lot of people that used to self-manage their properties and the horrendous sort of results of that that uh, that we've seen, and they can give really, really good examples, through to buying your own property. You know, some people do have the ability, and, and that's awesome, you know, if you've got the time. Financial advice, you know, risk insurance, it's, it's very, very deep. And Accounting advice itself, yeah. Well, well, absolutely, yeah. You know, we even have accountants going to other accountants 
you know, just because someone has a clearer view over their situation rather than themselves, I suppose. But trying to wing it out by yourself, I think that's a pretty dangerous scenario and, and the proof's you know, proof in the pudding. You don't see too many people be successful at anything in life unless they've got some pretty good people around them. Yeah, you know, whether it's business or property. Absolutely. Know, people say the yep. same things every time. This is why, I guess, one of the reasons why we've, we've decided to put this education series together and, and and what i like about you guys is that you know you're, you're very happy to share your knowledge and experience and our know. mistakes as well and, yeah. and your mistakes yeah, which absolutely. is which is just as important absolutely on mm. property investment you know you guys have made your mistakes i've made my mistakes and and if we can help better educate people via this education series and i know you guys do the work that you do in terms of your own own sessions and uh and via smartpropertyinvestment.com.au it makes a lot of sense and i think the key thing here is is to get educated and education is reading stuff it's listening to the podcasts it's 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 looking at books and all this sort of stuff but it's also getting on the phone and chatting with people and uh, you'll find in property investment that the people who are happy to spend time talking with you and educating you without asking for anything in return are the type of people who you want to be sort of connecting with and and that's a, that's a key point yeah, it's, and surround yourself with those people so like our events yeah we might get 100 people to our events every every month now and have as as Vic said for 7 years but there's people in that room that are just starting out all the way up to people that have got 40 50 properties and they're quite happy to sh share their knowledge and, and network so to speak yeah. it's a, it's a really well, good place. I, I do that myself so yep. I've got a, I've got a, a bunch of mates there's three other guys and and we get together um like on a quarterly basis just to just to talk property you mm. know and we, we we share what we're doing and what we're up to and and what we might not have done that well but uh, it's all, all part of the education process and but pick your people but pick your people yeah, yeah. but this whole yeah. idea of don't try and do everything on your own doesn't mean it needs to be a paid advisor no, it can not be at all. other people doing the same things just share and collaborate i, I think it's a really really good yeah, share and collaborate it's a, it's a really good collaborate and inspire you i suppose Hell. yeah and, and if you don't have those people around you or you don't have mates that do it you know you can like what you guys do, you can come and meet some like-minded people, right? Absolutely. You know, at, yep. at, your, at your sessions. Yeah, and I think on that, Phil, being part of a group, being part of a discussion group, uh, one of the key things that you need to look at in there is if the discussion group you're part of isn't actually taking any action, you actually need to change your group, right? So yeah. you know, it needs, needs to be someone that actually <laughs> takes action as well. Otherwise, all you're doing is talk. Yeah. And that, and that it's a safe place. You yeah, don't want right. to you don't yeah. want to be part of a group that's going to be starting flogging you off the plans or shares or gold mm. bullion mm. or something like that. Yeah, keep it real. Keep it real. So next point of the 11 things successful property investors don't do, Victor, they don't waste their time worrying. You know, the old uh, song, don't worry, be happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sleep at night. <laughs> wait, 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 sing it? a little bit first. <laughs> <Yeah. though. laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are things that you can't control, right? So uh, if you look after your cash flow, you, you know, you've got a firm strategy in place that's in line with the market. You know, there's less things to worry about. Yeah, you let you know you hire professionals such such as your uh, property manager to look after the property on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, and what you're doing is managing the property manager, not the property. Uh, you hire good accountants that are property-centric. They're actually investors themselves. So you you use mortgage brokers that are good brokers that uh, understand your strategy in in property investing. Once you've got got all of those things in place, I mean they they very little things to worry about yeah and i think at the end of the day if you just have your risk mitigation in place which mm. yeah as you say it could be a property manager could be you know, having a buffer put yeah, aside right. to take care yeah. of you know the rainy day yeah for me as long as i've crossed my t's dot my i's and i have my risk mitigation in place i don't worry so outsource the worrying to someone else absolutely that's right paid professionals makes sense <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, our next uh, point um successful property investors don't do they don't give others 
the power to define success for them. And we touched on this briefly. Yeah, I th- look, for, for us, or for me, that's about running your own race. I mean, it's all good to have aspiration and, and surround yourself by people that inspire you, but don't compare yourself to the guy next year or the girl next year. So if their goal or if they're, you know, if we're talking property, their portfolio is sitting at 100 and you're at, I don't know, three, don't think of yourself as a failure. You're still sort of well and beyond most of the, or the rest yeah, of the absolutely. population. Mm. Um, so define your own success. You know, have little milestones along the way. You know, if you have this big shoot for the star goal, if you don't have any sort of benchmarks along the way where well, you, you're going to sort of become pretty oh, upset. You lose your so, way along the way, Well, you? absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, surround, surround yourself with the right people, but not people that want to belittle you, I suppose, or mm. along the same path. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, good. Okay, the next point, they don't dodge responsibilities. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I outsource Where's my finance? Yeah. Where's my... <laughs> you know, ultimately, no matter who, whose mistake it is, as an example, the responsibility is with yourself. I mean, you've given the yes, the no, or you've taken action or you haven't. Those that are successful investors, everything's up to them. They make the calls. They call the shots. They give the instructions, and if it didn't work out, well, responsibilities for them. If you start playing this blame game, you get into this vicious cycle of negativity, and you'll never go forward. So just cop it on the chin, get up, and move forward. Yeah, and I think that goes hand in hand with you know people ignoring problems as they arise as well. Let's say you got your rental statement. Uh, your, it is your responsibility to check the rental statement, right? So if you if you haven't picked up that uh, you know the tenant is already in arrears, and and um, you haven't put the call through to the property manager to say, hey, what's happening? It is a problem that's going to happen. So you're not nipping it in the bud. So it, those two things go hand in hand. You, you cannot rely totally on someone else to do your work. I, I completely agree. Now, that was our, our next point, Victor, that the, they don't. So successful property investors don't ignore the problems. You need to move quickly on stuff. You know, you're talking, if, if you've got a tenant problem, they're not paying their rent, uh, you would expect that your property manager would be on the phone saying, hey, look, we've got a problem here. But often they don't. There's you know, some very, very good property management firms around. There's some less than good property management firms around. And uh, you don't know you're in a hole for, you know, two, three, four weeks down the path. And you need to act decisively. Well, it's a bit of a combination, isn't it, between responsibilities and problems. So, yeah, if you take that example and going back to what you said as well, Vic, checking your rental statements for your, you know, your, your money in and your money out is so, so important. Otherwise, it will become a problem. And, you know, if you really want to unpack that as far as you can yeah that would you know the rental means that your mortgage is not paid and then you can't get your next loan and so on and so forth so it can snowball quickly very quickly well it's it's a it's a financial mess so you need to be very very aware of your surroundings i think at all times yeah even down to the point where your direct debit on your mortgage payments because you're on holidays didn't happen well yeah try explaining that to the bank yeah they don't care they don't care so just have a bit of foresight so that you can i, I don't know be proactive. Be proactive. Yeah. Get around the problems before they even happen. Mm. I think you know, these are sort of two points which are one and the same, essentially. You know, it makes sense to, to look for people to help you build wealth through property, and um, which we've spoken about. And as you start investing in property, some of the decisions are going to feel like really big decisions. But 10 properties down, 12 properties down, those big decisions become second nature. Yeah. And, and, and they're not a big deal. So it's about building confidence in your own decision-making capabilities. And, and you need to understand, you're probably not going to get everything right all the time. Oh, you're going to have to take someone on the chin. As long as you make the mistake once, it's okay. If you start making it time and time again, that's not a good thing. Well, if you equate it to starting a new job, right? So if you're investing and you're starting a new job, obviously when you start a new job, you're not that good with the processes and, and, and the systems of 
your employer. But over a period of time, you get really good at it and it becomes second nature. And that's what investing is. Yeah, it's good. Our second last point, point number 10, Victor, of the things that successful property investors don't do, they don't speculate. Yeah, you've got to let the facts speak for themselves. You know, don't, don't have too many what-ifs uh, in, your, in your equation because the minute you start doing that, of course, you're trying to push the envelope and, and it's not going to end well. And we all know of a whole bunch of people that were speculating in mining towns. Uh, you, you mentioned beforehand a million bucks and just flogged it for, for 240. Not a very smart investment. Not the best. Not the best. And, and this guy, we sort of touched on this a little bit about who you get advice from. Um, and you find that, and, and, and I've been to a lot of property investment seminars, guys, and uh, and I've heard every single scheme or, or, or strategy known to man. And the speculative ones, the ones that you don't really understand, are typically the high risk ones. And, and people, a really good property spruker will confuse you they'll give you the information you need to think it's a great idea but it'll be so complicated so you don't really understand it those speculative investments are typically the ones that that don't work out you know what you might have killed it you know some people in mining towns did really well they did let's, mm. let's, let's, let's add, they got they in and they, they, got they, out, they timed though. the market yeah um but there's a whole bunch more people who are sitting there with with lemons in their portfolios and at the end of the day if the numbers look too good they usually are mm. that's that, that's as easy as it can get off the projections look too good yeah sometimes a little bit of common sense goes a long way and it goes back to you've got to be responsible for yourself you know there's a lot of people out there hurting right now because they invest in mining towns i i sympathize with them yep. and a lot of them got really bad advice um it might have been right advice at the time but markets change so that they're left with some some problems right now but the responsibility ends with you you know you're the person that signs the mortgage documents you're the one that signs the sales sale contract you need to stand up for the responsibility and, it's, and as much as that statement sort of hurts some people, at the end of the day, it's the truth. No one had the gun to your head. And that's a really unfortunate situation. But, yeah, we've all made that type of... Well, if you speak to any investor that's got a you know significant portfolio, we've all made mistakes and we, we could have either just sat now on our haunches and cried mm. and sort of put our head in the sand or we could have said, you know, that was a really valuable, expensive diploma university degree. We'll move on from here and use it as a lesson. Absolutely. So our last point, um, the things that successful property investors don't do, Victor, they don't forget the people who matter. Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of people, once they get a few wins um, uh, under the belt, they start thinking they're bulletproof mm. uh, and they start ignoring the um, recommendations and advice of the professionals around them, such as the accountants, such as the property strategist, um, or even the broker. Uh, so, you know, throughout the whole process, you need to make sure that you involve the team around you uh, as you grow as well. Yeah, and I think, like, it's a really good example, we'll often with yourself so we'll sit down with your accountant us and your broker and it'll be a team meeting just so that we're all on the same page and you know going in the same direction as opposed to one out i think that's really valid i think i might extend a little bit differently and think about it the people that matter you know i see a lot of people obsessed by property and they do it do it they do it at the expense of other things yeah in their life whether it's family or, or even their health yeah um they just get so in just connected with it that they forget about the other stuff that matters in life and you know there's a lot of other people that matter, so it's a holistic thing. Do you know what? I'd very, like to, very I'd like, deep, Phil. I, I know, but I'd, I'd really like to do a thing one day: mental health and property. I think would be really interesting because that'd be a good topic. You, you see, because we see a lot in business, right? Yeah, where, where people, yeah. a lot of business owners have challenges with their mental health, so it'd be interesting. I think that'd be market. That'd be dictated by the market. So if you go back to the GFC, I think there was a fair few property investors with some mental health issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to the last three or four years, everyone's a winner. Right? Everyone's a winner, yeah. and we're all sort of high on. On adrenaline, but yeah, I think, but it's yeah. a very, very yeah, valid point. So what yeah. I'm sort of I'm getting at here is that the, the people that matter is yourself. Mm. Absolutely. You know, if, you, yeah. if you're sitting there worrying about, and it's this, I guess, summarising a lot of stuff we're taking here, right? 
if you're sitting there worrying every night about property, how you're going to pay the bills, you know, whether you're going to meet your mortgage repayments, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. So you've got to make sure you get your own mind right and optimistic and buoyant. It's about taking responsibilities. It's problems. Take action. Mm. Yeah. Make the right calls. Do everything you need to do. So um, well, that's it's, interesting. It is. And it, if I go to sort of half a dozen of our clients who are extremely target orientated with their portfolios, our job is actually actually to slow them down. To temper them a little. Yeah. yeah, just to say, all right, let's just sit on your hands, just relax a little. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we'll readdress and review in a couple of months' time. But, you know, you can't always be buying because it's not – there's no life outside of that. And, you know, investing in property, especially when you start to get a bit of success, is extremely addictive Yeah, as is – any other vehicle, I suppose. So it's just being able to control it. Maybe we need a, a property investor sort of anonymous or something or other way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm an investor. S- I've been clean clear. for six months. <laughs> I've been fine for six months. No, not, not, to, uh, not, to, not to joke about those sort of things, but um, yeah, you got to get it right. You, you look after yourself as well as everyone else who's helping you out with property investments. So really good. I'm going to summarise these. The 11 things successful property investors don't do because we're running out of time uh, for episode one of our education series. They don't concern themselves that the markets are unpredictable. They don't accept things as true without questioning. They don't think success will come quickly or easily. They don't wait for the right time to take action. They don't try and do it on their own. They don't waste their time worrying, which we just touched on. They don't give others the power to define success for them. You gotta run your own game. They don't dodge responsibilities and they don't ignore problems. They importantly, they don't speculate. And as we just spoke about, they don't forget the people who matter. That's our 11 things successful property investors don't do. Uh, I enjoyed that, guys. Thanks, yeah, really yeah, good. It was good. It was Thank, good. You. Thank you. Yeah, good. Not bad for our, our first episode, I guess we'll call these things. First episode of our, our, our new education series. Um, as I sort of mentioned when we started off the uh, the podcast, so Smart Property Investment has sort of joined forces with the guys from Right Property Group to deliver this series to you. We've got a number of topics moving forward and, and, and let, let's get it up on the website, say what we're going to be talking about in, in the uh, the period ahead. I think that'd be really yeah, good. Good idea. Uh, so just so people know. And, and if there's anything that anyone wants um, uh, to know about these things, let us know and uh, we'll try and include it in our chat. Question and answer uh, Yeah, time. question yeah. and answer type things because, um, you know, it, it's good for us to, to chat about these things and we've tried to to logically segment this this path of property investment so we can chat about stuff in depth. But please get involved. Contact us on, on the site. You'll see it underneath where you're listening to this right now. There'll be a, an email link that you can go to. That's it. Episode one, done. Done, Dustin. Yeah. We'll cool. see you next That's good. Yeah. Tune in, guys. Um, remember to go to smartpropertyinvestment.com.au. You can follow me at Philip Tarrant on Twitter if you want to know what I'm up to. But importantly, go to the guys' site at Right Property Group. Victor, what is the URL? URL. For our website? For your website. www.rightpropertygroup.com.au. That's R-I-G-H-T. Okay. And Facebook, you're on Facebook, you're on all that sort of yeah, stuff. Facebook, Facebook, just look for yeah. Right Property Group on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if, 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 if anyone has any questions direct for the guys, please feel to email them. Uh, I'm going to make up an, uh, a web address for you guys right now. So your technology people are going to have to um, go yeah, come on. and get it right. Let's uh, do questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. You guys happy with that? Done. All right. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Tune in again next month. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. See you.